0: Two Guys, One Shaker Cup Podcast, hosted by Joshua Shaw and Uh, Ryan Buckeye. uh, What up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. That a a D-Generation X intro, and I don't even know if you know that, Josh. Pro wrestling, (laughs) baby. It's back with no audience, just like the rest of the world. Josh Shaw, Ryan Buckeye here. Um, You know, everybody's like, okay, 2020, the year of COVID, the year of uh, killer bees, the year of no fireworks, the year of Josh Shaw became richer than ever. But 2020, really, <laughs> uh, for, for, like, looking around at sports nutrition, there's been quite a bit of rebrands in the space. I mean, or at least, like, I shouldn't say quite a bit. But there's been, um, at least to mind. I mean, Core rebranded their entire portfolio. Muscle Tech, I of H just rebranded their entire portfolio. And maybe now's the time to do it. Maybe, like, I mean, you've had all this time to sit there and think about what your next move is going to be. You put your re- product releases on hold. And, and, I mean, there are a lot of brands out there that have been – or have had the same look for many years. And I don't – you know, it's funny, though, because, like, what's the rule of thumb? Like, how often should you rebrand? Do you want to – and I don't mean this in a negative way. I've worked with the brand before. I like them. Uh, him and I are friends. Moby at Olympus. They rebranded, like, three times in five years. That's not what you do. Like, you don't do that. But um, – and he knows that. And I think hopefully they're done doing what they're doing. But how often, Josh, would you recommend a brand to rebrand?
1: I guess it, yeah, I I guess it depends on the success rate or like what's going on in the business, if it's doing well, um, because you do need some continuity to like the look, Mm -hmm. um, especially if you are on shelf at a lot of like brick and mortar retailers, that usually creates um, kind of a longevity thing where because people want to have that same look. And when you do change things over retailers, sometimes ask you to take the old stuff off the rack. Sometimes you have like this weird thing where like 20 or 30% of the retailers still have the old stuff and then they have the new stuff and then like, how do they put it in there? It's just, it creates a mess.
0: Keep in mind, I want to make a point on that because it's it's super funny. Like we rebranded at Cascadian Farmers at Mills. Um, It was a million dollar rebrand. These things are not cheap, first off. People need to understand like when you rebrand, the printer has to print new plates. I mean, there's just a lot that goes into it. Um, And then that point, like the old stock, Honestly, if I'm, if I'm a consumer and I walk into a retail store and I see old brand and new brand, I'm buying the new brand. Why would I, buy, why would I yeah. buy the old brand? Unless the old brand contained like DMAA or some crazy stimulant that I was obsessed about, I'm buying the new brand. So like a lot of times like Walmart or Target would come to me and be like, yeah, but we, what about all this old stuff? We'll, we'll sell through it. I mean it's the same, same product inside the box. It just looks different. But even on, on my butter line, which is funny, like we're changing – we're not changing the look at all. The look and the colors, everything is staying the same, but we've added tactiles and textures to the, to the label. And everybody's asking us when they can get their hands on that. It's really – I mean I'm excited about it because it's like a little yeah. feature that I think is cool. And, yes, I fully admit I stole that from Ghost and took it out of their page. Um, but it's like people are like, can I get that instead? Well, but i got to go through my old stuff first. Like I have yeah. inventory of old labels that I'm going to print and put on bottles first. The labels don't make it a better product, but the perception sometimes is like, right? The perception is like we want the new of the new, and we don't want to deal with the old of the old. So um, have you been involved in the rebrand? I'm thinking your time at Muscle Farm, you guys had the same kind of brand that whole time, didn't you?
1: Um, right when I came on board, we were doing the changeover okay. to like the the high contrast, like lime green and then the black and the white. Um, so before that, it was kind of like the Ed Hardy uh, look to it. Like I don't I don't I don't know what, how to describe it, but it had like weird chains and odd colors and stuff the old to, to it. So. Did? yeah, yeah. So I don't like this prior, song, I don't know if I've ever seen that. It's um,
0: oh god, oh god, this is yeah. awful. <laughs>
1: this yeah, is it's not real? good. It's not good. <laughs> holy shit so people ask a lot of times like why did that company explode there was a ton of different reasons but one of it was because of a very beautiful rebrand that was at the time if you look at that from the context of 2011 uh, that was like far and away something totally different so when that was on shelf people were like grabbing that thing like it was worth a ton of money
0: night and day difference like assault yeah had red on it like the co- i mean this must yeah. be fruit punch or something for a color block maybe not i don't know uh bulletproof like what what the what was
1: bulletproof bulletproof was a uh, nighttime i think sleep aid
0: okay i don't know if the name goes with it but okay combat powder <laughs> that's still there okay yeah you guys definitely did a did a, a massive like Kudos on the. Replay. They were like the
1: OGs of um, like what Redcon One does with like the military stuff. Yeah, you know, like the, a lot of the the old um, legacy products, they all had names that were like that.
0: God, if you're listening to this podcast, do yourself a favor and Google Assault Muscle Farm Old. Like, this is just a terrible, <laughs> a terrible label. <laughs> God. All right, so you're involved in that. How much did that cost the company?
1: Ooh, a lot of money. Yeah. um the exact amount, it was probably close to what you were saying in terms of like when you're putting in all the hours plus you're putting in all of like uh, discounting and things to get things off shelf and whatever. I mean it was, it was up there in terms of probably in the million-dollar range.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean that's the thing too. Like you have to discount your current stock too. But Like, hey, we got to move on. And there's nothing wrong with the product, nothing at all, but yeah. just because the look is different, you have to discount it. Did you guys use a design agency or did you guys do everything in-house?
1: Um, I believe it was somebody in-house, um, and then he had transitioned to an agency, but he had worked, uh, I think he owned an agency before that, and then kind of transitioned in-house and then back out of house.
0: Yeah, no, that's that makes total sense. I mean, that, that's cool that you're involved. I mean, you and I both revolved in different rebrands, obviously, you within Sports Nutrition, me on and larger CPG, but I mean, you've probably been involved in rebrands maybe through your consulting business as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I can't even count how many of them, honestly, but I mean, the... It's interesting because this topic, at least when I brought it up, um, it was kind of inspired because of muscle text. Um, and it's kind of a funny story because I had gotten some just random text messages from industry colleague about the rebrand before it kind of got posted or whatever. And I thought, wow, this is cool. I said, and I was thinking back, like, when was the last time they did? A rebrand, and um, it just so happened that one of their C-suite members, uh, Brian Cavanaugh, that used to be at GNC, and he's um, I think maybe their chief commercial officer at IOVATE. Um, he had messaged me recently and said, "Hey, we we haven't talked in a while. Um, I want to kind of explain to you what we did with this rebrand." And he referenced an old article that I honestly forgot about from. July of I think 2016, where I called out muscle tech for needing to rebrand their products. And he said, you know, it's a little long time coming, but you know, he's like, perfection takes a lot of time or right. something, you know, funny. And, and then that's, uh, what kind of inspired me to kind of think about just rebrands in general, because I think if you take a look at a lot of like the legacy sports nutrition brands, you can see that a lot of them probably are in need of tidying up the brand, rebrand, you know, drastic or whatever. And, and to your point earlier, like, is this the time to do it? Maybe. Um, it all kind of depends on, you know, if they have the, the resources in house, the budget, you know, things like that. But I think just thinking about that is probably a key thing to do right now, especially when, you know, you're not able to probably sell as much and have uh, a lot of those resources be spent in that way. You can be thinking about something that is probably useful that maybe you can deploy, um, for the start of 2021,
0: what did you think? I mean, the old muscle tech had colors across the board. I mean, they just use like NitroTech, for instance, like they had predominantly like a red black, but then they all of a sudden they, they hit you with a blue with their way, you know? So they, they kind of mm-hmm. didn't have, um, any sort of like synchronicity. I don't know if that word works here, like yeah. across the stuff. I mean, their new rebrand, if you guys haven't seen it, like cheap plug for fitness informant, like we just posted on it today. It's more of a silver chrome look. It looks like a family. Um, you know, yeah. it actually looks like they, they belong on the same – they're the same brand. Like the other stuff, yeah. I thought there was some kind of disconnect between some of them. Do you, do you like the overall new look?
1: I i haven't like dove into it completely, and, and I haven't had a, t- a chance to kind of talk to Brian and like understand a little bit of the logic behind some of the, like the elements of it. But I think if you're comparing it to what used to be, right. I think it's much better. Um, it's much you know, different. I, I think it's always – you can nitpick, and I think anybody can. You know, They can nitpick even the best labels out there, but I think that um, if you're comparing it to what was there previously, I think it's far and away better than what they had before.
0: Yeah, I think they had, uh, before, I think they had a, a couple brand assets that they stayed the same. Um, now it seems like maybe they actually have a brand asset guideline book that they have to follow with some of this stuff. I mean, the text is the same across the board, logo usage. Everything. I mean, it looks good, but for me, I was, like, surprised. I, just, I didn't know they were doing it until, obviously, now we work with MuscleTech a bit, too, and I'm excited that they're doing this and they're actually putting more effort into their formulations of their product. But it's, uh, it's very different than what they, what they had. I mean, if anything, they had a platinum series on MuscleTech. They kind of took a page out of that and kind of incorporated that chrome look into the new stuff here, at least into the Elite series that, that I'm looking at here. I thought they did a good job with that. But the question, I guess, the topic of conversation uh, of this podcast is, like, which brand should be next to do it? And, Josh, you and I both said, like, I think if you rebrand once every, I mean, five years, actually, I mean, if you can do a good job, you shouldn't have to rebrand more than once every five years and only rebrand if you're forced to. There's a company – I mean, look look, look at Redcon, right? Like, Redcon, I think, has – that's their branding. They own that. They are That is Redcon. I don't see them having a need to rebrand. Now, with that said, they did rebrand an element of their portfolio, though, recently in their MRE bars, right? They went from – the black labels, which was kind of a hardcore bodybuilding-esque, to more colorful and usage and family-friendly labels of their MRE bar. So if anybody hasn't seen that, have you seen that?
1: I have, yeah. yeah I think that and it's that funny was that a you mentioned. mentioned which, it's that? funny you mentioned Rankin One because I actually had them on a list <laughs> to uh, to not necessarily like rebrand, but to make a more cohesive um, brand family. Like they have the kind of ready to eat and ready to drinks going in a certain direction, Mm -hmm. which um, makes sense for like where they're going in terms of placement and retail. But then a lot of their powders and things are also going in that direction. So then you start to have this issue where um, the labels currently are kind of not set up very well for like some of the uh, food drug mass convenience, at least in my opinion, I think that the colors and like the, the way that they use black on black and like it's just kind of tough to see like from far away. And and it's for me, I think it's just a matter of like maybe tightening up a lot of the elements and making them kind of cohesive across the board. But I still think, um, you know, they, they obviously have a very strong brand and people love it. And, you know, this is again, probably me just nitpicking, but I think if you're going to, um, Look yeah. at this, and they came out in what 2016. So yeah. I mean, they're getting to that point where it makes sense to maybe do a complete refresh, um, if it is towards the ready to drink and the ready to eat type look. You know, fold that into the whole um, lineup.
0: Mm, it'll be. Aaron texted me one time and said, "You and Josh should have me on the podcast and talk about branding." So I mean, it's kind of funny that we're you know we're talking about this topic and talking about Aaron's and Redcon One. I mean, I think their black on black is very Redcon esque. But if you are talking food, drug, mass, like bigger retailers. I don't know if it's gonna work very I mean it's not I don't know. It's just it's tough. I, I like I said I like it for redcon. And it seems like, I mean, you look at their swag, you look at their brand on their website, it's pretty consistent. But now, yeah, like the MRE bars and then the MRE RTDs that are gonna come out, they're gonna be branded with color. Um, you know, more flavor cues for it. So you'll have that sort of portion, and then you'll have their, you know, Total Wars and their their G.I. juices and stuff. So that'll be it'd be interesting to see when they do, if they do, because you know, the element of the military that they in- embed into their brand. It's like, how do you how do you still maintain that And the new and they, they definitely could do it? Um, another brand like that, I think won't rebrand for a while is like when we talk about them all the time ghost. I can't see ghost rebranding because like that is ghost brand. You have people copying them at this point. So um, it, but, you know, who knows? Dan and Ryan have a mind of their own. So maybe in three years after they start, you know, these beverages come out and people have seen the renders. Of the citrus flavor. I've seen the renders of a different flavor. I, I'm sure you probably have too. It's phenomenal. Um, you know, maybe they'll they'll switch it up, but I don't think a brand like Ghost needs to even have that conversation. I mean, it should always be maybe a topic of conversation, um, like once a year or something. But like it's not something I don't think they have to actively be thinking about. But there are you know, I think Core needed to. When Core rebranded this year, I think that was a great rebrand. I thought their black was you know, quite frankly, kind of boring. I didn't think it stood out on the shelf, and I think the white does a much better job of conveying what they're about um, as a brand. And it's it seems like the white line, you could call it, has been. I mean, granted, it's COVID, but it seems like it's been doing better. And I think it, it, it's it's crazy that you could put the same formula in a different container, but then people get excited about it because it just looks different on, on the exterior.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's just human nature, probably, to get excited about something new, and regardless if it's a new a formula or not, I think that people are attracted to different things and maybe it makes them feel a different way. So then they're interested in, in buying it. Um, I haven't seen too much from like an activity level on, um, people's sediment on it, but for me, I, I think it looks, um, much cleaner and it looks like it's much more composed, um, than what you had previously. Not that, not that it was terrible, but like you said, it was kind of just, it didn't stand out in front of a, a group of competitors on the shelf.
0: What about a brand that owns a particular color? That's a tough one, like BSN, right? I mean, they kind of own red. I mean, you think – I mean, there's probably some other brands that have red too, but BSN really is like red. I mean, when you rebrand in that case, um, it's tough because you obviously – like for MuscleTech, right? If you guys were to rebrand again, you'd want to incorporate the lime green. You guys did a good job of incorporating that lime green throughout the entire package from the logo. But BSN right now has like their entire containers are red. Their logo has like the yellow and black and red around it. That's a more difficult rebrand because you want to obviously maintain that ownership of that color, um, and then the rebrand could alienate current consumers because they don't know who the fuck you are at that point, right? Like they might not yeah. be able to recognize who you are on shelf.
1: I can remember recently, and I think they reverted back, but um, MHP, they owned kind of that uh, royal blue and yellow kind of like color scheme, and then they went to like a completely different look, and it – flat on its face and then I think the old um, founder owner came back and then reverted back to the yellow and blue but I think it took a lot of time and and that probably created a lot of confusion they do a lot of their sales internationally so that probably also caused a bunch of confusion with some of those uh, partners and and a lot of times the people they're not up to the news uh, as we are like in Americans and and paying attention to stacked or you guys or price plow and and just knowing like all the little intricacies of like the news a lot of times over there they're just like where did this brand go? They they probably didn't even realize that it changed. It was probably a new brand to them.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're 100% right. Um, And then I I want to touch on one more brand here that rebranded. or They started to rebrand last year, and they're kind of rebranding now in 2020. But you might be familiar with them. You might not be, but 5% Nutrition. Uh, Obviously, hugely attached to Rich Piana. He's been gone for a while. um, And they have finally kind of starting to move away from that a little bit. took a little bit longer, I think, than they needed to. But they were black. They were hardcore. I mean, if anybody watched Rich's channel – it, I mean, that's hardcore as hardcore gets, man. He was, he was talking about cycles and everything in that between the sun. But now their new labels and their new colors are white, a lot more inviting, a lot. I mean, they're, they're pretty cool. Uh, but I think that's something that, you know, in that company, when you're tied to a personality and that personality leaves the company or ends up, in this case, passing away, you need to think differently, and you can't, you can't maintain that. So I thought they did a, a decent job. A brand that I would like to see rebrand, and they're kind of doing it a little bit. And I wouldn't say this isn't, like, a massive revamp, but what Nutribio just did with their 4th of July, um, you know, using some caricatures, using some sort of, quote-unquote, marketing, some color on their containers. And they've done it a little bit, too, with some of their flavor launches. I think it adds a little bit more excitement to it because, um, I mean, Nutribio is black and lime green. Everybody knows, like, what it looks like. But it's not... It doesn't sell itself on a shelf, man. I'm not walking... And, and Mark knows this. I'm not walking by a Nutribio product as an unknown and picking that up and putting it in my cart. It just doesn't look cool. Like, I mean, it, to me, it, it's not like... The cool thing to grab. Now, once you understand the company and what they're about and what they do, now it's cool. But you, need a, you yeah. need a sales rep or somebody to explain that to you, or you have to do that research. But primarily on packaging alone, that's a tough sell. It's a very tough sell for, you know, for if somebody walks in to Vitamin Shop or GNC or just Mom and pa's Supplement Shop looking for a pre workout, and they use, I mean, they have pre extreme. That might be enough for me to pick it up because it says extreme, but like they're pre. It's not exciting to me because I don't know anything about – at this point, I don't know anything about ingredients. All I'm looking for is, like, what's a cool-looking cool package? And at that point, I'm picking up you know, Ghost Legend or I'm picking up the new Glaxon because that's kind of a cool brand that they have. Um, so I'd like to see them do a little bit more. I'm not saying go away from their core colors, but I do like what they've done with their, their Freedom series that just came out. I do like the, the usage um, of caricatures a little bit more, and, and I think they could do a lot more fun things. And I think with Eric there, they, they probably will test the waters a little bit more um they're allowed to like just because you're a science company I hate using that cuz I don't think that's 100% true but like doesn't mean you can't have fun
1: yeah one of the i guess like vertical integrations within nutribio is that they have their in-house printing but that has limitations obviously um and you can't you know add a bunch of the funky layers and textures and things like that because that's not the printers and things that they have mm. so if they were going to maybe just clean it up and maybe um get it a little bit uh, fancier for a lot of their retail shelves. Um, That might be an idea, but they'd have to move away from Mm -hmm. the in-house printing, which is it worth it? I don't know because, you know, a lot of the sales at this point are moving digitally anyway. So it's not necessarily something that is as important as it was before. And every day it becomes less important. So it's like, do you change over your complete uh, business? I know they're doing, you know that ethics line or whatever—that's probably going to have a bunch of that kind of funky stuff in there. But I think for the NutriBio line, do you—is it worth it? I don't know. I mean, it's I, the same it's kind look. Of,
0: I mean, you see, and you've been in Mark's office, and you yeah. can see like the iterations throughout the years hasn't changed much. I mean, they're, yeah. they're early, early stuff to now, yeah. But I mean, over the last ten years, it hasn't changed a lot. Uh, and again, not saying it has to. I'm just saying, like, even on a digital shelf, if I'm scrolling through. Oh, fuck, I'll just say Amazon or whatever, right? Like, it doesn't pop off to me. Um, and, but, yeah. be, but then again, once you, bu- like, buy in the Nutribio and believe in Nutribio, you don't buy anything else. So, I mean, it's, but again, that's an education-based company. They don't, they don't, yeah. they don't base their sales on marketing, and they base it on education. But it'd be cool, to, I mean, I think it'd be, like, even seeing these characters over the 4th July, I think, shocked some people, because they just didn't expect yeah. it from Nutribio. And, uh, you know, I think people just picked up that, like, the, the Miss American Pie, seeing a a, a, a young female Barely any clothes on the front of a container. Kind of cool for NutriBio. Just a little different. Very American-esque, and I think they did a really good job with it.
1: Yeah, it has kind of vibes. Why like, are you smiling so
0: big when I'm talking about Miss America? Oh, I'm vibe.
1: just thinking about, like, <laughs> it, that those types of characters, I think, played into, like, knowing more about Mark now and, like, being very big into, like, the Harley lifestyle and, and like, all that. I feel like a lot of that probably was um, some inspiration from some of the things that you see like a tattoo parlors and, and things like that. Those yeah. some of those um, that style. Um, so I think it was unique. Uh, maybe that'll be put into something else in the future, like some other ideas or, or something. But I like when there is some personality, especially when the entrepreneur is out in front of the brand anyways. Uh, and Mark, not as much as some other people, but I think that, um, when you do get to see some personality, it's cool. Um, yeah. you know, regardless if it's something that's a mainstay on the brand or, right. or just kind of a special edition, um, type of a thing. I, um, will talk, I guess I'll mention a few that I'd like to see, uh, before we kind of mention, uh, or at least I mentioned maybe a few that I, I liked recently or, or are starting to come out now. um, we, you did mention BSN. I, I do think that's something that needs to happen um, just because I think they need to –
0: They need a lot more than a rebrand.
1: <laughs> yeah, we talked about that yeah. a bunch of times, and I, I know I pick on them a lot in my channel too, but it's it's one of those things where I think they need to go back to that edginess, and whatever they need to do to get to that point, they, that's where they need to go with this. So I know they are fully looking at that, um, but I think that if they're going to make a move, they're going to they're going to have to be aggressive. I think it's – you don't leave the red, but I think you need to go back to like what that – cool factor was before, um, take some chances, um, you know, probably create something that um, doesn't look like anybody else's stuff, like something that really is going to be maybe five years from now that people are going to copy. Like you have to take that chance. Even if you fall on your face, you know, what's the the other side of it? I mean, they're just going to keep plugging away and and whatever. I I think you take that swing Uh, because you have other brands, especially like Optimum, just kind of mentioned that. I think they went through a kind of a rebrand, um, but it just kind of a cleaning up, um, which I liked because I think a lot of the elements they had before were like dated. Um, a lot of like the the certain uh, glosses and like certain um, metallics and, and things that they had like left over from like previous iterations. I think they did a good job at just kind of like cleaning it up a little bit, uh, making it, the renders look a lot better for digital and, and things that they needed to do. Not that that was like drastic, but I think sometimes simplicity is important. I think that people want to go full bore. And when you have a, you know, $500 million plus brand, you really can't rock the boat that much because you can really screw up a lot of sales. If you go out and try to do something crazy and and optimum's not really trying to be like the coolest thing ever. That's just quality, um, brand that's priced effectively and things of that nature. But, um, another one, and we talked about it just because, um, I work there, but muscle farm, I yeah. think that at this point they have <laughs> like gotten away from what made them special, similar to like BSN. If you want to kind of look at a parallel storyline, those two are, are, are pretty good to look at. And they, um, they've always followed the leader in terms of each other. Um, BSN was kind of before and, and then muscle farm. So you can kind of, See the, the what's going to happen. If you look at BSN now, you can kind of see what Muscle Farm, what Muscle Farm is going to kind of come up against here soon. So I'd like them to kind of clean up their brand and, and kind of again own the green again, but like go back to like what was super special yeah. about Muscle Farm. They've kind of lost that. They've eroded at it. They've kind of um, it's mixed matched all over the place and, and things like that. So those are kind of areas uh, or ones that I, I kind of looked at. And one more that didn't mention is like Sayucor. Um because they're at this kind of crossroads now where you have like the C4, which is becoming its own sub brand, its own hero skew. And like, how do you break that out? How do you make that look special? Make that look unique, but then also have the rest of the brands products kind of fit in there. And you have like all kinds of different styles that seem to be kind of coming up there. You have like the dynasties and this and that and all these kind of things, but they all look differently. And I think that to me, it's, uh, just kind of odd and, and clunky. Um, so especially for a brand that's that big, um, you need to figure out a way to compose that all together and, and make it streamlined because uh, if somebody gets into the brand maybe with the drink, then they're not going to necessarily know how, like, oh, is this the powder? Is this the same brand? You know, I, It just creates these confusions in people's minds.
0: Yeah, and then they're across the board with colors too. I mean, they, they have like their ultimate, which is black, and then they have C4, which is yellow. I mean, it's just, I think that they, I mean, C4 is yellow, and then they create yeah. like these sublines, which are different colors. It's confusing. It's funny because a lot of times the brands that we're going to call out are, are big brands that we've called out just for not being for being more complacent too in the past. And not to say C4 so yeah. certainly has been complacent because they've done some pretty cool stuff, um, but it's just been maybe a little bit of complacency on their older SKUs that's still very important to their portfolio that look drastically different than all this new stuff they're coming out with. So you know, recently like their C4 Smart Energy, which I think is one of the best energy drinks in the market. They again, if I have one of those, I don't tie that to C4. The original at Costco, like the yellow. I just I don't see that connect there. A couple of brands that I I mean we talk about simplicity sometimes works. Like you look at Cage Muscle, they're very simple, but it's also kind of dated in what they do in colors. Yeah. Jim. Uh, I mean Jim has been Jim for I mean, I yeah. don't I don't think Jim stands off the page to me. Um one that's simplistic that's that's very simplistic that I think still works really well is Dimatize. Um however, like I mean I think from what diamatize was, anyway, if, if you guys remember the old Dimetize, um to what they are now, it's clean. It's very clean, um, which I like, and I feel like they own sort of the, that white and, I don't know, would you call it blue or like an off-blue? That they have like the 50-50 yeah. on it, but they also use a little bit of red and gray, though, too. So they are a little inconsistent sometimes in what they do, um, but, I mean, overall, I think I, I, they rebranded probably five
1: years ago, huh? Dymatize? They had, they had a rebrand that fell on its face. Um, and I, it was like very short lived. I don't even think it really even hit all the products. Like they changed it real quick to the current one that is now, but there was like this short term one. I think it was like, like a, um, like a blue green type look to it. Very a different color than what they're using now. Um, and the layouts were different and everything, but, um, yeah, I, they, I think they stumbled a little bit right around the time when Post uh, bought it. Uh, there was kind of a changeover, and then I think that didn't work, and then now they went over to this new look. And like you said, I mean, it's there's some inconsistencies. Um, again, I think it's because it's probably the portfolio's like secondary focus. Um, a lot of the focus is just premier pr- protein, the drinks. You know, So if you have your creative staff, you're like, eh, do I wanna give the resources to diamatize or just keep plugging away? Um, probably what's happening there. That's what's a lot of times what happened was a lot of these bigger brands were picking on is because, um, yeah, they're complacent, but it's also like the complexity of their business has gotten out of hand and they weren't able to really like wrangle it in correctly. Um, so then they're just getting two point c- complacent or just kind of lazy in certain areas of like not doing, not checking it to the fullest extent of like, Oh, does this actually meet the brand standards to the exact right. level? And that even noticeable like even more in terms of like social media posts and and everything you start to like they get real messy when they start to get in that world because if you can't get the packaging clean you're going to struggle in all these other like more um kind of at the moment type of uh marketing things
0: you mentioned that you'd like to see bsn kind of go back to their edgy roots and the, a brand that's been sort of at their edgy roots and has not changed is universal and i think it's one of the most boring looking brands on the market <laughs> i mean it's just it's been the same thing for for 10 years like it's Animal Pack, I think, hasn't changed in, in, since I've been using it. Um, and I just think it's, it's just, it's, it scares people off. I just don't, It's not approachable. I mean, I don't know how many hardcore bodybuilding people s- even turn to this brand to buy it. Obviously, they're still in business. And it'd be cool to maybe Eric at, you know, Eric at Nutribio. Now at Nutribio, you know, he was there and, and obviously not with Nutribio. But to me, it's just like I'm looking at a, a Google Images layout of this. And I'm like, I can't believe this, it's 2020 and this still exists. Like this look still exists today in 2020.
1: Yeah, a lot of that, I mean, uh, I think family owned business, there um, probably just not interested in change uh, too much, you know, not rocking the boat. Um, a lot of their sales, I think, are international. So again, when you start to like peg yourself to those things, you don't want to make changes because it just confuses a bunch of different markets. Um, and that's just kind of the brand life cycle. A lot of times you get into that kind of mature um, phase and, and kind of on the outskirts of like, you know, the brand kind of not living much longer you start to just milk it for what it's worth and not to say that you know animal pack or universal is going out of business but just that's where you are in like the life cycle of the brand and you can try to revert back to a couple of the earlier phases but that creates a ton more risk ton more work tons more you know you have to fundamentally change a lot of the things you do on a day-to-day basis and that's not all that exciting for some people that just want to kind of ride it out into the sunset
0: the last thing I want to talk about I mean I think the growing, you know, market for um you know, RTDs and ready to eats, so like your your protein bars and your your, pro, your protein drinks. I mean, the two big protein drinks in stores are Premier, you mentioned them earlier, and then Muscle Milk. Um how do you feel overall about their branding?
1: I think Premier's it's just boring, but I think it, it it can't be exciting for like the market they're going after. Um so I think it fits for what they're going for. Um, It's just very bland, um, which I think for introducing a a new product into homes, maybe that works out well. Um, I think Muscle Milk's actually might even be going through a rebrand right now, or at least a refresh. Um, They're a lot more like, I think they take the counter to um, Premier. Like theirs is like a lot more like sporty uh, Mm -hmm. because I think of the, you know, the heritage of the brand, Uh, but it's, you know, you have a lot of blacks and you have a lot of like, just looks bit very male to right. me. Um, and I think just muscle milk in general, the name uh, speaks male to me, um, the muscle name. I, I don't know. I mean, I think that's probably just me speaking out loud, but to me, I've always kind of had a more feeling towards a male centric brand there uh, over premier, which I think is, is both gender neutral. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think, you know, I look at, What SlimFast did when they got acquired, and I thought they did a really nice job of refreshing. I wouldn't consider that a total rebrand, but it looks nice. It's clean. It's, um, I mean, they have RTDs too. So I I think, you know, if I put that in there, three, I almost, I mean, SlimFast almost looks like the nicest. Um, Premier, I think, is really good. I actually do. I think for, like you mentioned, for simplicity purposes and for being introduced to homes maybe for the first time, and then Muscle Milk has been Muscle Milk for a while. It'll be interesting if you mentioned they're doing a refresh. I'm kind of interested to see what that looks like. Um, I think that 'd be good because i mean i i, I haven 't seen or heard anything about that, but that'll be
1: yeah, I thought I caught it on uh, one of the social medias like just some things I think they were tinkering um, at PepsiCo was kind of doing some things with it i don 't know when that was kind of coming out um, since we 're talking about like drinks and and shakes um, I did want to kind of throw some love towards a brand that we don't talk about much, but we probably should, and the industry doesn't talk about nearly enough, is Alani New. Oh, yeah. uh, they are coming out with um, a new rebrand across the board, but it's first being seen through their kind of fit snacks and their energy drinks. So you're starting to see them pop up now at Kroger, at Target at whatever and they're going in with that look and then Go the rest of the brand is
0: I thought their look was actually pretty effective that they had the oh their look is. was
1: I think their look was great I mean but I think that um, again I think they're they're trying to push the limits um, they have some creative people there that probably want to push the limits a little bit similar to like ghosts they could change things up I mean not to say they have to but they could because they want to consistently like kind of push the limits. And I think Alani knew that new look, I think is, um, I I like it. I think it's special. I think that it works for like where they're going now. And I think it further kind of draws into, um, very female centric buyers that don't get spoken to in those categories. Um, so I think it'd be pretty interesting to see how that works out in some of these like very large uh, retail channels.
0: I don't think I've seen it. I mean, I've seen, I guess, like on, on GNC's website now, they have a new energy drink called Tropicicle which is a totally different look, um, the can is. Yeah, I mean, that's,
1: the look, that's the look that's going over. And then they also have like a gummy snacks um, and maybe a, a protein bar or something else. But they're starting to kind of use those um, ready-to-eat, ready-to-drink as the vehicle, and then everything else is going to fall in the line.
0: Yeah, this is cool. I mean, actually, I liked what they had. I think this is better I mean, yeah, what they had I thought was super effective, so yeah, we probably i mean in terms of branding they they knock it out of the park and like you know, I did mention Glaxian on here too. they just have a unique differentiated brand that we've never really seen before, and I think that was cool and unique and different. I mean, there's like some elements of space jam and some other stuff within their their products, good for them, um you know, a brand doing their own thing so uh, I would be interested to hear what people think too out there. Uh, if you're a brand owner, let us know. If I mean even if it's you know off the record, let us know if you're working on a refresh and rebrand, because it'd be interesting for us to know and kind of just see the direction that you're going. Um, that's kind of where you know I've spent a lot of time. Josh has spent a lot of time on that too. And um, it, brand is is super important, you know. And, and you can do what businesses have done, where they maybe rebrand, and they fall flat on their face, and have to revert. Whether it be MHP or even you know when they did, it happens. But if you're not willing to take the risk to get there, you might be stuck in the past anyway. So, um, yeah. any words of wisdom for any brands considering a rebrand, Josh, as we close off the show?
1: Um, I mean, the only one is just kind of taking this in a different direction. Is that I think there's other elements to think about other than just you know how pretty it looks and colors and whatever. I think it's this is a perfect time to look at things like like functionality of packaging, um, sustainability of packaging. Um, also, like this isn't necessarily the case in sports nutrition because there's not a long like heritage and legacy of these brands but if a food and beverage brand is thinking about maybe taking some of that away and stripping it you know around this cancel culture that's going on right now cancel this is culture. a good time yeah. yeah this is the time to like look at all of that and i think if you're looking at just changing over some colors and textures and things like that um you know you could probably take it a few steps further just kind of go through that process you know cost things out see how things are going because i think just so, especially like sustainability um, and then maybe some functionality to it. Like you, you have premiums that you could put onto that. If you can tell that story. Um, I just think that a lot of times you go into like a laziness thing. We've talked about that before with some of the entrepreneurs. So um, if you're going through this crazy thing, you might as well go full force with it, you know, love it, dude.
0: All right. If you guys like what you heard here, you can check us out on Facebook. We're on Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, everywhere. Uh, you can check us out. It's two guys, one shaker cup at Jay Shaw consulting, uh, I have a couple different platforms. I don't need to plug them. But, um, again, any comments, leave them on there until next week. Josh, good stuff. I'm excited now to see if – the rebrands excite me. They just excite me, and I yeah. they think they, you know, and they excite consumers too. So not, like, urging people to go out and, like, spend a million dollars and do a rebrand because for rebrand's sake. But if it's on your radar, just do it and put a lot of thought into it. It's, there's a lot that goes into it, and it shouldn't just be a decision you make like that. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, YouTube, Google Podcast, and more. Follow us along on our social media channels. We're on Facebook, Two Guys, One Cup, Instagram, and Twitter.